So we have begun a series, well we did more than begin it, we've done several weeks of it, <clears throat> on the call of God, and there's many different aspects of the call, and that's what we're doing, is going through and looking in different characters' lives where uh, people in the Bible had certain calls of God a little more emphasized one way than another. Uh, if you recall, we talked about Adam. Adam had what we call the universal call, or in other words, that's a call to repentance. Okay, everybody needs it. Everybody needs to repent. Everybody needs forgiveness. There's not a person on this earth that doesn't need that. And so we're looking for the universal call, and that's one thing we talked about. And we talked about Enoch, another universal call. Enoch was the man, remember, he was translated, uh, so call to go home. And that's the permanent home, not, not just the home that you have uh, down the road somewhere. That's the permanent home uh, leaving. And Enoch, of course, was one of the few, one of the two people we have recorded that didn't die, but he just was taken just like Elijah was taken in a whirlwind uh, chariot of fire, taken up through, um, but he was still called to be with God. That's the point of this, is that he's called to be with God. Okay. The next one we did was Abraham. Abraham, and if you recall, his family was a family that was... Um, his family was a family that didn't believe in God at all. Okay? Not a single person in his family believed in God, except for Abraham. He seems to have had some sort of inkling that there was a God and a relationship, and whether he talked with him or God talked first to him. Uh, we don't know the exact conversation until God says, I want you, Abraham, to get up. And leave your home. Okay? And so that was the call to leave. Okay? The call to go somewhere. The call to separate. For Abraham, it specifically was get up and walk out and leave your home. But we all have a call to separate and say, don't do the things that everybody else is doing. Get up and go out in your life and do what I'm telling you to do. Okay, and that's a call again on our life. And then last week, Jacob, we looked at Jacob, and uh, Jacob was an interesting man. He was a sneak and a cheat and a thief. Um, and the Bible's full of those kind of people. They're just normal people. That's all that the Bible is, is normal people where God reached down and touched them in their lives and said, I want you to do this, or you should do that. And that's the, the important part of understanding the call of God. It is not just, you're called to be a preacher, because there's not many of those people, and that's a good thing. God calls us all to do something. He creates us with some sort of talents and abilities and, and things that we are able to do. And then 
what he does is often, whether we, we acknowledge those or not, he goes off and he says, now I want you, I want you to go do this. And oftentimes, as we're going to see today, the call of God is not always easy. And it is many times we've got a lot of other ideas in our lives. All right? And a lot of times we say, but I don't want to do that, God. <laughs> and God says, no, you're going to do it. And we'll talk about that in a minute. So Jacob, he had a call to the unaware. Some of us are like that. We oftentimes are unaware with something where God kind of has to knock you upside the head to say, hey, listen, I'm out here doing this. And that was Jacob's call was to the unaware. Um, if you remember, he went to the place where he saw the vision of Jacob's ladder, angels ascending and descending, um, and it showed him that God was working in his life and in, in the earth, and there are things going on spiritually that he was just unaware of. He was out stealing stuff and cheating and, and running away from his brother and doing all the things he was, and God says, don't you see I'm doing better things than that? And I'm going to use you. And he did. He took Jacob and he made an, uh, a nation out of him. Okay, So even when we're unaware or when we're not ready for things, all of the things that we see, we need repentance and yeah, we're going to be called home. And yes, we need to separate from things. God has calls for us. So we're going to add another call to that today. Let me erase and start new here. Knocking things everywhere. Um, we're going to look at Moses. Now, Moses has a very interesting call, and this series was planned a long, long time before, uh, and all the circumstances happened to work about. Uh, we actually mentioned some of this in the sermon this morning about the I am, or Jesus, God being I am, and this is the chapters in the Bible where God first introduces himself to be I am, or I am that I am, okay? So Moses, we're going to look at him, and this is what's most interesting about Moses, is he was pretty sure he was in a totally different trajectory in his life. That's what he thought. So Moses, when he began his life, he, his first 40 years, and Mo Moses 40 year, he was 120 years old when he died, his life was split up roughly into 40-year segments. The first 40 years of his life, Moses was grown up as one of the Egyptians, okay? You remember as a baby, he was uh, plucked out of the Nile River, out of the basket. Pharaoh's daughter takes him, and Pharaoh's daughter says, I'm going to raise him. She, he actually calls on Moses' real mother, which is only God's hand and how it all worked. Okay, He's raised as an Egyptian. He's raised as a royal. And whether or not he had an actual title 
and he was going to be, you know, somebody important. As time goes on, we don't know exactly, but no doubt he had the wealth and he had some sort of power and position. Don't know that he ever would have been Pharaoh or not uh, if he would have stayed in there, but God had different plans for him. So in his 40th year, Moses goes out and sees his people that he knew he was born from, the Israelites, and he watches an Egyptian taskmaster, a slave master, beat on one of these, uh, one of his, the Israelites. And Moses just goes crazy, angry. He's out of control. And he takes that guy that's beating the Israelite and kills him. And then buries him in the sand, looking around thinking nobody saw. Well, guess what? People saw. And even the Israelite says, what are you doing? Who do you think you are? Killing that guy? We saw what you did. And so Moses ran away. And that was the first 40 years of his life. Kind of thrown down the tubes, right? So he thought. And out he went. And he, he went to another country, uh, land of Midian, I think it was, and he ends up getting uh, a bunch of sheep and a family. And for 40 years, he really does nothing else but raise a family and raise sheep. That's it. And so he thinks he's on this trajectory in his life just kind of finished it out. He really messed up the first 40 years. He messed up his opportunities. And so he says, well, this is what I'm doing. I'm living okay here. I, I don't mind being out here. I kind of like being alone. Okay? I'm out here. I take care of my sheep. They take care of me. You know, I got what I need. I've got my wife at home and, and family here. And, and that's how this goes. And that's often what happens with us. We get in a pattern in our life and we say, but God, uh, I know you called me to do something, but, but I had other plans. I was already down the I'm already going. So he's been going for 40 years again as a shepherd. Again, he's going for 40 years, all right? And then finally, one day, God reaches out as God has had this plan all along. He reaches out, and we're going to turn to Exodus chapter 2 as we look at the call in Moses' life. Exodus chapter 2, verse number 23. And it came to pass, this is, this is what's happening on the outside, okay, as we look at this. This is what's important. It came to pass in the process of time that the king of Egypt died. And the children of Israel sighed by reason of bondage, and they cried. And their cry came up unto God by reason of the bondage. And God heard their groaning, and God remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, and with Jacob. And God looked upon the children of Israel, and God had respect unto them. Okay, so Moses is still out tending sheep. And the people of Israel have finally been crying out to God, help us. We're in trouble. 
We can't take this anymore. We have been beaten. We have been downtrodden. They're doing terrible things to us. We've been here generation after generation for almost 500 years. They've been in bondage. It's a long time. It's a lot of families that were born and raised and grew up and died in slavery. So, God then listens and he says, now's the time. Moses is ready. It's been 80 years, okay? If you just start when you're 80, that's still okay because God doesn't, doesn't think of things in that way. He doesn't think of things in age. He says, this is what I have for you. He might tell you when you're 10 years old or when you're 50 years old or wait till you're 80. And he might tell you when you're 10 and not do it till you're 80. He could do a lot of things. And that's God's call is you specifically. He's looking for something that you are going to do specifically. And call you to, to do something. Specifically to serve. Okay. So Moses' call, as we look at his call, his call is going to be to serve. I've got a plan for you, Moses. I'm listening to these people over here. You don't know they're crying out to me, but I know, and I'm going to use you, Moses. Moses is over there tending the sheep, tending the sheep, doing his normal life. And God now reaches out to Moses, okay? Let's go to chapter, make sure I get the right chapter here. Chapter 3, as we continue on, to Moses, this all seems very random. Remember, he's been waiting for 40 years and nothing's happened. So one day, 40 years after he killed the Egyptian, all of a sudden he sees something unusual. All right? Verse number 1 of chapter number 3, the book of Exodus. Now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the backside of the desert and came to the mountain of God, even to Horeb. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out the midst of a bush. And he looked, and behold, the bush burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. And Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush is not burnt. And when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, Here am I. And he said, Draw not nigh hither, but put off thy shoes from off thy feet, for the place wherein thou standest is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am the God of thy father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. So, what happens when God puts a call in our life is he does something to get our attention. Okay? He does something to get our attention. That might be that he has to put us down in some way, whether it be a sickness or something like that, until we listen. It might be something painful in our life. It might be something uh, euphoric and amazing, a vision. 
And it might just be quiet words when you're listening to him. Ones that no one else can hear. Now here's the question. Moses walks up to this burning bush because he says, well, that's interesting. I haven't seen anything like that. I'm just out here tending sheep, so let's go look. It's been burning for a day, two days, three days, or whatever. I've kind of seen the smoke in the distance, got closer. Let's go, let's go take a look. So he guides all his sheep up there to take a look. Isn't that interesting? God's catching his attention. Burning that bush. Who knows? Maybe it burned for a week before. <laughs> Oftentimes, we just take a long time to get it. Humans, we just like... Really? You were talking to me? I didn't really know that. And when you finally look back and you say, Oh, he was talking to me there. And he had this in his plan. And he put that in my way. And I jumped right over that, not listening to that. And I went to this. And then, nope, God had a plan all along. And he's just ratcheting up just a little bit to help you understand. I've got something for you. And I want you to listen. So maybe it was out there burning for a while. We don't know. Uh, we don't know how big it was, how little it was. It doesn't really matter. But he got his attention. Moses walked up to there. And God's talking out of the bush. Which is a strange thing. It's nothing but you. Now, can anybody else hear it? If somebody else was with him, could they? Are the sheep bleeding? Don't know. We know God very clearly said to him words. And I know the calls that he has had on my life. Nobody else could hear them. <laughs> They've been pretty clear. And sometimes I've written down some little short little thing in, at night when I'm studying or reading or praying or something. And God says that. And I say, really, God? Because I don't really want to do that. But God just is quiet oftentimes. Let you kind of ponder on things for a while. So here he is. God shows up in the bush. Moses, I have got a job for you. I am God of your fathers. I am that God. I'm identifying myself, and I've got a job for you. Verse number 7. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people which are in Egypt. And have heard their cry by reason of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. And I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians, and to bring them up out of the land unto a good land, and a large, unto a land flowing with milk and honey, and unto the place of the Canaanites, and the Hittites, and the Amorites, and the Perizzites, and the Hivites, and the Jebusites. There, now therefore... Behold, the cry of the children of Israel has come unto me, and I also have seen the oppression wherewith the Egyptians oppressed them. Come now, therefore, and I will send thee unto Pharaoh. Thou mayest bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. And I think Moses cringed. Moses doesn't know Pharaoh died. The other Pharaoh, the one that's looking for him, because he killed a, a servant. He's a wanted man. He killed one of his servants and he ran. So he's guilty. He doesn't know anything that changed out there. He just knows, Moses, I want you to go to Egypt. And he cringed and said, 
but my life's been so nice. <laughs> I've been out here, I've got a family, I've got things all settled, nobody's looking for me, I like it that way. God says, I've known where you were all along and I'm looking for you. And I'm telling you, this is going to happen. You're the guy. I picked you. And Moses, I don't really, ugh, I don't know. And so Moses starts to rationalize things in his head, which often happens. Okay, chapter four, verse ten, or chapter four, verse one. As we pick up the story, we're just going to do a couple little highlights and see his conversation with God. Chapter four, verse one of Exodus. And Moses answered and said, "But behold, they will not believe me, nor hearken unto my voice. For they will say, The Lord hath not appeared unto thee." And the Lord said unto him, "What is that in thy hand?" And he said, a rod. And he cast it on the ground, and when he cast it on the ground, it became a serpent. And Moses fled from before it. Okay? So here he is. He's standing there, no shoes, talking to God. God's telling him all the things he's going to do. And he's, he's thinking in his mind, I go back to Egypt. I'm a wanted man. Those people were the ones who said, get out of here. The Israelites said that to me when I killed the guy who was beating them. Nobody's going to believe me. They're going to say, I'm some kook from the mountains, some crazy shepherd that came in. What? They're never going to believe me. Never going to believe me. What's that in your hand? A stick. Throw it on the ground. So he tosses it on the ground, becomes a snake, and he runs away from it. <laughs> right? right? God says, now go pick it up. Ooh. He has a couple more things that he does. He makes him take a little bit of water. You pour that water out. I'll make that as a sign that I sent you. And that water will become blood on the ground. And I have one more for you. Moses, stick your hand inside your shirt. Okay, pull it out. It's covered in leprosy. Stick it back in. <laughs> he sticks it back in, pulls it back out, and it's just as clean and fresh as it ever was. All gone. There's the signs I'm going to give you to say it isn't just you being a crazy old coot from somewhere off in the mountains that came to... Say that, hey, God, talk to me. Nope, it's God and real. So what else do you got, Moses? And as his mind kind of goes through, he's like, I don't really want to go. I'm not really good at public speaking. That's what it is. I'm just not good at public speaking. Verse number 10. And Moses said unto the Lord, Oh, my Lord, I am not eloquent, neither heretofore nor since thou hast spoken unto thy servant, but I am slow of speech and a slow tongue. I think you've got the wrong guy, God. I'm just pretty sure that you got the wrong guy. I can't even talk. I'm, I'm not good at it. I've been out here as a shepherd for the last four decades. I don't even know how to talk to people. You want me to go in and talk to the Pharaoh? No, I can't do that. Now, God's a very patient God. But God is getting a little bit frustrated 
with Moses. Because Moses is really just looking for excuses at this point. And that's what we do a lot of times. When God says, I want you to do that, we think of every reason we can't do it first. Before we even come to the fact that we say, okay, maybe I'll do it, but I'm not going to do all of it. I'm just going to do this much. That's our human nature. And when God calls to serve, he says, no, I want you in for everything. You're in for everything. I want you in. I don't want you to tell me all the reasons not. So he ends up giving his brother Aaron as a mouthpiece to Moses to go speak. Fine, I'll give you that. And Aaron ends up being more trouble than he was ever worth. Pulling people away from God, misguiding people, doing things. Now Aaron's not an all bad guy, but Aaron, he, Moses paid for that little extra uh, help that he got. Okay, Because God would have helped Moses. Moses, I think, was a little afraid to go back. But when God puts the call on us, God puts the call to serve, he says, I am telling you, this is what I want you to do. And we often look and say, I think that's a mistake. No mistake. There's no mistakes when God says do something. Romans chapter 11, verse 29, it says this simply, Romans eleven twenty nine: 29, For the gifts and the calling of God are without repentance. So if God calls you to be something, even if you don't want to do it, he's not going to take it back. He may know that you've got a long journey to get there. And he may tell you decades before, here's what you're going to do. And you say, not me. I can't do that. And God says, just wait. It'll come. I'm telling you, this is how it works. This is the way it's going to be. And we're going to walk this pathway. You and me together. Going to get there. All right? And so... The gifts that God gives you, he doesn't say, oh, I didn't really mean to give you that gift. Oh, yes, he did. I didn't really mean to say, you're called to do this. Absolutely he did. And you say, but I don't really have all the right talents. And I don't really, I've never trained to do that. Or, well, guess what? You're going to find a way to get there. God's going to help you do it. Now, we can be stubborn, as we often are. And we can... Fight against it, as we often do, for as long as we can. But they are without repentance. Which means, God never says, oh, I'm sorry, that wasn't it. He says, that's what I said in the beginning. I met every specific word I told you, for you. You didn't believe it, but I knew it from the beginning. And so, that is what... God does, this is the call that he has for you. He puts a purpose out there for you. And he says, I want you to, I want you to serve me. I want you to go and do it. And it might not be comfortable for you. And that's really, I think, where it came down to with Moses. It was uncomfortable. It wasn't his natural thing. He'd much rather hang out with the sheep. Be alone, finish out his life. But God, when he was 80 years old, had a whole other life for Moses to live. And he did 
And because he did listen to God, he had more personal face-to-face time with God than probably any other human written in, in the Bible. He spent 40 days and 40 nights up on a mountain with God, talking personally with him. He was so connected with God, when he came back from talking with him, they couldn't look at his face. It was too bright. They had to put a veil on him for the rest of his life. He was too bright to look at because God's presence had shone on him. Because he did what God wanted him to do, God blessed him. That's what God does when he calls you to do something, whatever it is, even if it's little. Don't think it's little because God has a purpose in it. All ties together in how a church works and how, how the world works and God's big plan. It is important that we all do what we're called to do. Uncomfortable or not, frightened or not, all the excuses we can think of or not. God's calling is without repentance. So when he calls to serve, we all have a call to serve in some way, something different. That's why when we come together, we make a body and we all work together. And it makes sense when everybody's there. So the calling of God is without repentance. The gifts of God are without repentance. We know Moses had this call in his life to serve. We all do also Let's learn the lessons from Moses. Thank you very much. Have a fantastic day.